You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Jesus died once and was made alive to give us fullness of life. Discover more of this truth in this message by Pastor John De Rosario. From from our home to yours, we hope that you had a meaningful uh, Holy Week. Uh, just probably watching Ben-Hur and Ten Commandments and whatever you do during the Holy Week. But we will read from Scripture today to, tell, to, 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 to learn from Scripture why is it really that we celebrate this day. Okay? Now, to tell us about uh, this Biaheng Semana Santa, I see we have f- some foreigner friends here. Biaheng Semana Santa, a good approximation of Biaheng Semana Santa is the road to Holy Week. Last week, we just arrived at our destination, Palm Sunday, when Jesus entered Jerusalem claiming to be the king. Not just the king of Israel, the king. And and what we're commemorating today, Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, he blows it out of the water by doing something that no one has ever done. So Holy Week is the most important week of the most important person who has ever lived. All Christians all over the world, this time of, of the year, every year, we are commemorating the most important event in human history. Ang yabang naman nun, in human history, Christian, Christian lang tayo, hindi. Okay? Whether, whatever religion, whatever affiliation you are religiously, you, you recognize that history has been split into B.C. and A.D. And that person who split it is who? Jesus, the life of Jesus. And we are to talk about the implications of his finished work. Jesus said in Scripture in John 5, all of Scripture testify about me. Right? He says many, he claims many things about himself, namely, he being he being the, the Savior King. He being God. And he teaches many things that are counterintuitive to us. Now, Every, all of these things rises and falls with the resurrection. If Jesus did not rise, none of it, none of it is true. But if Jesus rose from the dead, all of it's true. Amen. Amen. All of it's true. This is what we're going to be talking about today. This is why we worship. This is why we go and tell so that people will, will have something to do. Everybody on earth right now and ever who has walked the earth has to do something about this Jesus, this risen Son of God. They, they need to do something. Either, either say He's not true, or either bow their knee, live their whole lives for Him. We believe as Christians, Jesus rose from the dead literally. Not just spiritually, like the, the, the Jehovah's Witnesses do. Not just figuratively. Right? So, some of us would say, uh, Jesus got up when he was down, so you should get up when you're down. No, we mean it that he rose literally, physically, bodily from death. And that's good news for us. Culturally, we start, start off the Holy Week, uh, the, the Easter Sunday this way. It's uh, Salubong. Okay, uh, a, uh, a good interpretation of this would be uh, a welcome or a pano ba salubong? Okay, a welcome or a uh, it, you, you know the story in the Gospels when um, when the women who bring the spice to uh, to dress Jesus. Uh, this is what you, what they usually do for the people who die. But since they were hurrying, since the Passover was was fast approaching on on Good Friday, they had to do it on Saturday morning. So the women came 
early. So, so the Spice Girls, they, they went to, 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 to dress Jesus up with the, with the spices. And it's, it's doing something like that. Okay? We are welcoming. We are celebrating that Jesus is the risen King. And we do it here in the Philippines, which everybody claims to be a Christian nation. And I mean Christian in the loosest sense of the word. We claim to be Christian. We celebrate it in processions like this. Early morning, we celebrate it. And then we do Sunday Mass. And more than anything, it marks the end of our Holy Week. Okay? Whatever you're doing in your Holy Week, whether that's doing religious stuff, okay? um, uh, visiting X number of churches, doing particular uh, prayers for a particular long length of time, or perhaps even abstaining. Okay? Uh, uh, this marks the end of your fasting from TV, from media. Some of you are really excited that you can go to Facebook again. You woke up today, yes, Facebook, and Jesus is alive. Okay? So many, many of us are doing religious thing, things, and today marks the end of it, the holy life. Many of us watch the Passion of the Christ over, over and over again. We watch the Ten Commandments, and now we're really back to normal programming. And if you're honest, these are things that you should really be telling yourself, this doesn't honor God, what I'm watching, but we watch it anyway. Because the Holy Week is done. You don't have to be a Christian to figure out correctly. There's something wrong with the way that we're doing that. This is what we're going to be talking about today. If Jesus is truly the one that he claims to be, God in the flesh who lived, died, and rised, rose for us, this should change everything, not just for one week. It should change everything for all of our lives before a watching world. There are many things that we think and do or don't do during this time of year, particularly Friday, 3 p.m. until Sunday morning. And uh, here are some, some of the things that we usually do. And these usually end up in us staying indoors. My wife and I were driving from, our, uh, for, from my uh, parents-in-law. We had dinner there last uh, Good Friday. And driving at 9 p.m. On, on our way back home, it was like driving at 2 a.m. in the morning in Eslex. It was easily the, 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 the most pleasant drive that I've ever had. There was basically anybody there because everybody was indoors. And these, these are the things that we think. Um, because, dahil patay ang Diyos, because God is dead, accidents are likely to happen because God's not around to protect us. Next, because God is dead, forces of evil run unchecked. Even worse than Halloween. Right? Don't go around because... Uh, uh, mysterious spooky things are going to happen, probably leading to accidents. You know the saying, when the cat is away, the mouse is alone. <laughs> so, so the evil forces, they run around because God is not able to protect, is not able to police at that particular time. The third thing is we shouldn't sin because God is not around to forgive. So that's the unforgivable sin. Okay? And another thing is don't get a wound. Right? Be, make sure that you don't get an accident that you will get a wound because that wound will be fatal. It will not heal because God is not around to heal. How many of you have heard this? Okay. Some of you would say it'll take a long time, a year to heal. I've personally heard that it takes, it won't heal. It's going to be fatal. Something happened to me when I was 9, 10 years old. 
Right? I love extreme uh, sports. I've tried uh, bungee jumping. I've tried uh, uh, free fall, eating crispy pata, uh, uh, <laughs> zip line. I, I love it. I love the adrenaline rush. But ever since I was young, I, I, I push it. So at 3 o'clock, I play from, from morning. I nangangapit bahay ako. I go to my friend's house and play, uh, play what, 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 whatever toys that he has. And then before 3 p.m., and my mom shouts at the, at the gate. My, my whole name is John Paul. So he, you know your mom's angry when, 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 she, when, she cries your, when she shouts your full name. John Paul! And then, oh no, I run. To, to my horror, it was that time. It was 10 seconds to 3, and I run. I run 9 years old, 10 years old, as fast as my 9, 10-year-old nine, legs could take me, and then something happened. Nada pa ako. How do you say that in English? I subsidized. I, I, I fell. And then it was like a slow, it was slow motion in my part. And I thought, if I do this, if I, if I have a wound and I bleed, I'm going to die. So what, what I said, I remember it clearly. Eto na to. This is it. And then, then I, I subsidized. Okay? And then I, I knew I was bleeding all over. And I didn't even bother getting up. I was just crying. Then my mom ran to me and said, what happened? I was just, I was just waiting to die. <laughs> really, really. Because... Why do we think this way? Surely only kids can think this way, right? Or are we not sure? I think many of us are... I want to tell you about Santa Claus, but that might surprise you as well. When you look at culture, you would see that there's no other way to believe. It's no wonder because many Christians would say that, yes, I'm Christian, but I'm not religious. Contrary to the fact, Filipinos are very religious. Let me define religious for you. Religious is doing many things, doing many practices, rituals really that they are, and not knowing why they're doing it. So we're very religious. It's called blind faith. At least the faith that I used to live, it's blind faith. For example... Um, if somebody, when you attend the Sunday obligation and says, okay, patayan Diyos, God is dead, don't take a bath as an act of penitence, what would we do? We won't. Some of you haven't even taken a bath yet today because you woke up late. No, no bath, penitence. Have you heard that? Are you still doing that? Okay, all right, great. Okay. No bath, I mean, it's like perfume, right? It's probably more penitence for the people that you live with. Right? It's like perfume and cigarettes. You don't smell it, but they sure do. Right? So it's, it, doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. It's mindlessly following the crowd. We don't know why, why we're doing this, but we do it anyways. Wala namang mawawala. Okay? Malaki mawawala. So it's my, 93 million Filipinos can't be wrong. Yes, they can. I have another story. Um, my dad used to work in the Middle East for 29 years. He worked there. Right? So I had the privilege of going there. The Middle East is in the middle of, well, the East. Okay? <laughs> so, so my point is this. I have a point. Okay? Middle East, you go to the, to the right. right? When you're in the airport, you go to the right. You go farther east, to the far east, where we are. You go to the left. You go to the west. Hey, that's Europe. So we were sitting there, and everyone can fly, right? You know what a boarding pass is. You know what a, a, a pre-departure area is. I was in the pre-departure area on a particular gate because a particular airline is going to be there to take me f- to my particular country. Okay? There, was this, uh, there was this man, okay? and he was just reading. Okay? And then 
there's a PA system, the public address system. It says uh, people boarding this particular plane, this particular flight, to this particular country, go to this particular gate. Okay? Over and over and over. And just reading there. Okay? Since everybody is not going anywhere, he's not going anywhere. Okay? So when we finally got, got called, he's on British Airways going to London, and we're on Cathay Pacific uh, going to Hong Kong. Okay? So Cathay Pacific CX920 bound to Hong Kong on gate 20, stand up now. Okay? So we lined up, got our boarding pass, and this man is right in front of me. Okay? Well, two people in front of me. Okay? And this person, when he gave his boarding pass, Sir, British Airways, blue, green, hello. Weren't you listening at the PA, PA system? So they're waiting for you now. They're going to leave you. Run, run. Then he runs. Okay? He runs. And people around us are chuckling. Saying, oh, man, this man is in the wrong gate going, to, go, going aboard the wrong plane to the wrong country in the wrong continent <laughs> just because he was following the crowd. And if you think about it, this is the way that we do our faith. We are following the crowd. Here's one thing. If you follow the crowd, you usually find yourself being in a place that you don't want to be. If you want to go to Baguio, just follow the cars. Really? Follow the cars. It's warm. It's hot. Everybody wants to go to Baguio. You follow the cars, you'll end up in Baguio. You'll end up in Bicol. (laughs) Right? We're in the south. You You see how blind faith is silly. But this is the way that we do blind faith. The question here then is, do you know why you believe what you believe? Your family, your friends, your neighbors, given, giving you the opportunity to articulate your faith, will you be able to? If they ask you, why? Why do you live that kind of life? What did Jesus actually ever accomplish on the cross? What did he ever accomplish resurrecting? Do you have an answer for this? If we are Christians, I would appeal to you, we should have an answer to this, right? This is what we're going to be talking about today. And lastly, what are Christians exactly looking forward to? Do you want to know the answers to these questions? Okay, thank you to you both. Okay, how about the rest of you? Do you want to know the answer to these questions? All right, can you stand on your feet if you do? We'll read from the, from the Word of God. We'll read from 1 Peter 3, verses 18 to 22. Now let me read it for you. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Verse 21, jumping to that. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt uh, from the body, but, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, with angels, authorities, and powers, having been subjected to him. Let's pray. God, thank you for your word. We praise you, God, that you are a God who meets your people. More than recognizing that you are in our midst as we meet together, which which we do, we acknowledge the fact that you meet us at the point of our need. And as scripture paints it, our need... Our, our place is a helpless one. It's a desperate one. Thank you that you stooped down so low just to save us by your gospel. God, give us minds to understand, hearts to receive, so that we may live lives for, for our benefit, for the encouragement of your church, and for your glory. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Could you, sit? you may take your seats, please.
Peter was writing to a church to encourage the people who were going through persecution and sufferings, which makes it very, very valid and very relevant to us. Because I, I probably don't need to tell you, you just need to watch CNN in the news. The world's a messed up place. It is a broken, broken place. And it's probably going to get worse before it gets any better. Okay? Scripture and common sense telling us that this will be the case. But Christians have hope. What is that hope? That's what we're going to be trying to articulate today. What is different in the way that Christians think? How Christians live, what Christians believe. A quick review from what we've, uh, we've talked about last week. Last week we talked about Jesus being the last sacrifice, the only sacrifice acceptable to God. Okay? He ends all sacrifices uh, the Lamb of God without defect that points to Jesus being sinless, being laid innocently for our sins. He is the Savior King. But do you know that He will not be the Savior King? We will not be able to sing these songs, celebrate Him as the Savior King if He were not the risen King. Without the resurrection, wala tayong pag-uusapan. There will not be anything to talk about. Geographically, we would all be Muslims, probably. But because Jesus rose from the grave. The stone had been rolled away. He emerges from the grave. He conquered death. We are alive. We're able to worship him in word and in deed. This is actually the garden tomb in, uh, in Jerusalem, outside the city limits of Jerusalem. And this is a, a museum of sorts of how Pastor Sonny actually was able to, to go here. Okay? And uh, let me exhort you from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 17. If Christ had not been raised... If the resurrection is a legend, you, our faith is futile. Can you say futile? It's futile. It would not be able to accomplish anything. It's useless. And you are still in your sins. But the good news is the tomb is empty. Even if you go to the garden tomb today, they will tell you, the people who keep this tomb, we don't even know if this is the real one. Why? Because his body is never found. You ask any major religious leader, uh, so, many pe- so many people, when you ask uh, the Jews, where is Abraham buried? They'll take you to Hebron and show you the, the, the place where his bones are allegedly to be found. You ask the Muslims, they would bring you to Medina and to show where the mosque is, the very first mosque where Muhammad is buried. But you can go to Jerusalem tomorrow, okay? and then you ask, where is Jesus buried? They'll take you to a museum. Because his body was never found, we don't know where he was buried. Because that's exactly the point. Oh my gulay, that is exactly the point. His body was never found. Amen? Declarations of this is, it is finished. John 19 verse 30, the last words of Jesus is, it, it, it is finished. By the resurrection, God the Father who raised him from the dead... Uh, as it says in uh, Romans 10 verse 9, he had been raised by the Father. It's as if the God, God the Father was saying, it is accepted. To give you an idea of what the resurrection does to the gospel, think of it as a receipt for your groceries. Right? Think it bigger. Have you ever been to uh, SNR? SNR. Okay? So SNR, you can, you can, it's wholesale there. It's not retail. Okay? So you can spend, you can, you can save up for seven years and then go there and, and knock your, your socks out. And you could, you could uh, uh, you accumulate many products, even TVs and refs, and you, you could have a bill of around 30,000, 40,000 pesos. Okay? And then you're pushing it out. Yay, I'm so happy with my TV and, and my chocolates. And then you say, wow, 
I like those uh, calzones and, and, uh, and pizzas. You go and eat first. You park your, car, uh, your, your cart, your carts, okay? you eat. And then after that, you spend 30 minutes there. We usually do this, yes? Okay, we eat. And then with that nap, with the tissue and, the, and, and your leftover food, you throw the receipt away. Okay? What happens? Okay? So you push your cart out to the guard and the guard says, wait a minute, where's your receipt? Because your receipt is something that tells them clearly that it has been paid for, paid for fully. It's been paid for. I paid for this. I, you need to let me go. But without that receipt, you're not going anywhere. So what do you do? You go back to the trash can. Because it's that important. It's so important for us to have a receipt that says, it is finished. It is paid for. It's really what it is finished means. Tetelestai in the Greek is really what happens in the marketplace. Okay? When you buy something like a fruit siguro or banana, okay? and, and they give you a receipt. On top of it, it says, Tetelestai. It is finished, paid in full. So to the Greek people at that time, they would have perfectly understood it when Jesus said on the cross, Tetelestai. What? Paid in full? What did he pay in full? Our sins? Now we know that he paid our sins in full. Is this clear? But what had exactly been finished? What is it that had actually been accepted by God? Let me share three points to you. The resurrection of Jesus gives us salvation. Resurrection completes the gospel. And the gospel gives us salvation. So resurrection gives us, seals, delivers salvation to us. If Jesus did not resurrect, he accomplished nothing. But if he did resurrect, he accomplished our salvation. Very quick review. 1 Peter 3 verse 18, the very first verse that we read. Uh, some scholars, scholars, when I say scholars, I mean people who are so much smarter than me and you. Right? They, they, they spend their whole lives devoting their lives to the study of the word of God. They call this penal substitutionary atonement. I know this sounds deep, but it's, it's, really, it's really very simple. And this is what we're going to be talking about this morning for our first point. So quickly, penal means penalty. Right? Penalty comes from that. Sabina, under penalty. What this really means is, this is what, what First P- Peter 3.18 says, Christ suffered once for our sins. Sin has a penalty. Romans 6.23 tells us the wages of sin is death. To pay for our sins, Jesus needs to die. Not just suffer, but die. Christ suffered once. Can you say once? Once. Okay, when you say once, it's para matapos na. Para matapos na. You're really meaning once and for all. Okay? Once and for all, there's a finality to it. There is a tense in the original language that gives us an idea that it cannot be repeated anymore. It should not. It need not be repeated anymore. It is finished. There's another sense for once, and you remove the end. It's once for all. Hey, Romans 6 verse 10, Hebrews 10 verse 10, you find this. Christ died once for all. It's once, one time only, for all. Does it mean that everybody saved? No. It's made available to all, but it's only effective to those people who accept it. Hey, it's, it's what Romans 10 verse 13 says. Everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. Penal. That's, that's the first part. Second part. Substitution. First Peter 3 verse 18. The righteous for the unrighteous. It is a very unfair exchange. Okay? Um, it is, you'd be hard-pressed to find someone to die for a good man. 
says in Romans, Romans, 7, uh, Romans 5, but for someone to die for someone who is a sinner, a criminal like me, Romans 5 verse 8 says, while we were still sinners, while we were still criminals, Jesus died for us. Makes it a great exchange. Substitution, this is where exchange gifts comes from. Okay? Martin Luther, the great reformer, 16th century reformer, he called this the great exchange. Um, last, uh, I think two Christmases ago, we had a, an exchange gift. I love boy bawang. Who, who likes boy bawang? Okay? I hope you don't. Okay, okay lang. I, I, I do breath mints. Okay, <laughs> I love boy bawang, but I got this person as a gift, lace barbecue, my favorite. And then he gave me boy bawang. Come, come on, it's unfair. I, mean, I love boy bawang, but hero kapatid, 116.75 to boy bawang. It's unfair exchange, right? <laughs> it's even worse than that. Worse as this. Gave you an iPad Air, then you gave him your trash. Believe it or not, this is even as worse than this. You give the worst that you, get, you got. You give your sin, the only contribution to the gospel that you can ever give, your sin. And Jesus accepts, accepts it and gives you an exchange gift for that as well. He gives you eternal life and forgiveness of sins. That is substitution for you. That is a great exchange. Substitution is also a vicarious experience. Can you say vicarious? Vicarious, it's parang may proxy. We're a basketball nation. If you have a professional basketball uh, team na kinakampihan mo, and they win, last second shot from half court, and it goes in and they win, what do you do in your living room? Yeah! mo? Part ka ba ng team? You're not part of the team. Why are you celebrating? It's a vicarious experience. His win is your win. His loss is your loss. Mani Pacquiao, me too. Okay, give us this day. It's uh, if money wins, we win, but we don't share in the pot money, okay? But if money loses, I rebuke that in Jesus' name, okay? But you get the idea, okay? Vicarious experience. His win is our win. His loss, we will not go there, okay? That's substitution for you. Penal, penalty, substitution, he for you, you for him. Lastly, atonement. Atonement is easy. First Corinthians, First uh, Peter 3 verse 18, that he might bring us to God. Okay? That's really what atonement is. Atone, read it as at one, to become, to become at one, to reconcile. First Corinthians uh, 5, 2 Corinthians rather, 5 verse 19 says, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. So this, is this clear to you? Penal substitutionary atonement. Penalty, there's a penalty for sins. Substitution, rather than you, God took it. Atonement to bring you to God. Jesus in my place. If you want a summary for the gospel in four words, Jesus in my place. And if you're wondering what the picture is, that should be our vantage point. Because that was our cross. Those were our nails. Those were our tears and our blood that he shed. Just to make the vicarious experience very real to us. Next, Christ's resurrection not only gives us salvation, it gives us power. Power for what? Power to live new lives. When we, when we say new, we mean holy, belonging to God, upright lives. Gusto kong bumait, pwede ko nang magawa. 1 Peter 3, verse 18, 
just continuing this, parang chinap-chap lang po natin 3.18. Right? Being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the Spirit. The Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Let me refer you to Romans 8 verse 11. He, the Father, who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, will also give life to your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. This is the verse where we take the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same Spirit that would give us resurrection life. Ephesians 2 verse 1 tells that we are dead. Can you say dead? We're dead in our sins. But through, through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit rising Jesus, it's a vicarious experience. We can be alive. We can say no to sin. We can say, I'm alive in God. I'm dead to sin. I can say, I don't belong to sin anymore. I used to, but now I belong to God. Here's Peter's verse again. Being put to death, it's like baptism. Under the water, in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Verse 21 says this. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body. Water does not save you. If baptism was just a, a, a ritual to you and there's no repentance in your heart, you go down a dry sinner, you come up a wet one. It's, it's not that. It's an, baptism is an external practice, an external expression of an internal decision. And that internal decision is the one that saves you. That internal decision is an appeal, a heartfelt request to God for a good conscience. Good conscience, forgiveness of sins, removal of guilt. When you get baptized, you're making a public declaration that I have made this appeal to God and He had been gracious and merciful to give me forgiveness of my sins and eternal life. Praise God. This all possible through the resurrection of Jesus. So that's baptism. Let me share with you Romans 6 verse 4 and 14. We were buried with Him by baptism into death. His death is our death. Vicarious, in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Can you say newness of life? This is what corresponds to the resurrected body of Jesus. If we were dead to our sins, we are now we are now alive to God. We don't need to sin anymore. We can live lives that are new, that are alive, that are holy, not needing to sin anymore. Verse 14, sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace. Do you know that when a criminal goes, uh, serves his sentence fully, for example, 10 years for a particular crime, when that 10 years is up, the law, he's not under the law anymore. doesn't have a hold on him. You're able to walk free with a good conscience. There is a problem when it's a death penalty. You can serve it, but you can't walk free because you're dead there's no way there's no work around to that but someone did jesus he paid the penalty for our sins death penalty but by the power of the holy spirit the father raised him from the dead his death is our death we are dead to sin his resurrection is our victory we can be alive from sin i think this is good news Titus 2, verses 11 to 12, before we move to the last point. The grace of God has appeared, training you to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. You can do that now. Before, you didn't, you didn't have any option. Even before the devil tempted us, we already did it. Okay? Some, some OJT devil, go tempt him. Ah, he already did it. <laughs> it's, it's like that. Because we are sinful to the core. But now, 
um, salvation had come to us, we are new, fundamentally new. Not yet completely new, but really new. We are now able to say no. The NIV says we are able to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Let me show you a picture. Okay, what planet is this? That's Earth. There is a view of Earth that is like that. That is how big the Pacific Ocean is. You see the, the split between dark and light? Okay? The Philippines is right over there. It's in the darkness. Um, that's where we are. My parents, my family lives in the U.S., literally at the other side of the globe. When it's nighttime to us, it's daytime to them and vice versa. For us or them to be able to visit one another, we, we need to ride on a plane and, and, and fly for 24 hours with layovers. That's a long, long way. I have a point here. This is what, what Jesus had called for us to do. First Peter 2 verse 9, he rescued us, called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. This is an impossible task. For example, you were trapped in the Philippines. There are no planes. You can't swim. You're blind and you're handcuffed to a tree. That's exactly our situation. No wonder Ephesians 2 verse 1 says we are dead in our sins. There is no way for us to, 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 to be from where we are in darkness to where we want to be. But Jesus in his grace, he brought us from darkness into his marvelous light. What is the application to this? The, the lives that we live should be night and day as well. Right? You've been in the dark and you know what you've been doing. People have been, uh, they, they're very familiar with the shady things that you're doing. But now that you're in the light, First John set, tells us that if you're already in the light, you should have nothing to do with darkness. doesn't mean that you're not going to sin. Not that you should, but you will. But generally, the, the, the tendency is more to obey and love God rather than to disobey and hate God. Our tendency is for God because we belong to God no longer to sin 2 Corinthians 5 verse 1, If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, look at this person, is what behold really means. The new has come. This is a new person. The before and after picture in, in S-Lex, that you would see this. Someone is 200 pounds and he becomes 30 pounds or something. You, you, it would pique your, curios, your curiosity. How, how did it become like that? How did he become that weight and become that, this weight? You would see that in, in Scripture. Peter was a coward, denied Jesus three times. Okay? And then Acts comes in and he's boldly preaching. Paul was a church persecutor. Then when he met Jesus, he became a church planter. This could happen in your lives. In our midst, there are people like this promiscuous people, unfaithful, now faithful people, lovingly le- leading, sacrificially leading, le- sacrificially leading their families. There are people who are gamblers, now they're being very, very generous, used mightily by, by God in the church. Drug user becomes a pastor. You probably know who I'm talking about. <laughs> For the glory of God, uh, Pastor Sonny has, sh- has shared this testimony, and the Lord is faithful. There is no sin that the cross of Jesus will not tower over that. If you call on the name of the Lord, he will save you. And because he has risen from death, he can ra- raise you from your, from your dead life of sin as well. There's nothing, whenever you see this, a promiscuous man becoming a faithful man. The Lord is alive. (laughs) 
can he say this for your lives? When people are watching world, they're looking at your lives, can they say that the Lord is alive? Can they see a seriousness against sin? Can they see you were once like this, but now, over time, gradually, she has become like this. Can they actually say that there is a God and He is alive when they look at your lives? I want to leave you with this. The good thing is, there is hope for Christians. Yes, in this world, John 10.10 says that we are to live abundant lives, but there is a hope that transcends this. Let me tell you uh, the, the, the hope that Christ's resurrection gives us. You, you listen to culture, you would, you would think that, that the best things that can happen in life are the here and now. You, you've, hear, you've heard about uh, YOLO, you only live once. You've heard about, uh, don't worry, it's not the end of the world. You've heard about the bucket list, the things that you want to do before you kick the bucket, like skydiving. Or <laughs> if you're thinking of skydiving, you, you put it at the last, because it could, it could very well be the last thing that you do. Right? So <laughs> what is the unsaid, the, uh, the unspoken idea behind these things? The unspoken idea behind these things is that the best joy that you can ever have is in this world. Because really, we're not sure if there's any joy in the life after this. The hope that we have as we look into Scripture is that for the Christian, the best is yet to come. And when I say that, you're probably thinking of of a a different thing. God can do that. God does do that in this life. But I I need you to look beyond this life. When Jesus returns, everything will be better for us. Let me, let me make this point. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 19. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. It is not just for this life, but it is for the life to come. 1 Peter 3 verse 22. Jesus had gone to heaven and is at the right hand of God with, with angels, authority, powers having been subjected to him. This right hand, it's... Jesus is equal to the Father, but right hand is basically uh, the, the, the active power of that reigning king. Think the, the United Kingdom. There is a queen, they are a monarchy, he is the head of the United Kingdom. But there is one who actually runs the nation's affairs, that is the Prime Minister currently, David Cameron. Jesus has rulership. He is King Jesus, who actually has dominion and sovereignty over all. All angels, authorities, powers, and yes, over all of crea- creation. This is what it, this is saying. And Tayo, we have an obsession with kings, right? Our obsession with kings and fairy tales and kingdoms. Your kids loving Frozen. Ikaw bro, you, you loving Frozen. Right? And then, ano, uh, the 2011 royal wedding, right? Downtown Abbey. I think the, the, the popularity of Downtown Abbey is because of our love for, the, for something, things that are royal, Okay? You know Prince William and you, you, you took a leave from work so that you could watch the wedding of Prince William and Kate Middleton. And everybody uh, loves, there's, there's just something about fairy tales. Once upon a time, there was a king and he was a good king. And ah, it just pulls on your heartstrings. And now we're, we're in a democracy. Okay? And whenever there's a movie that comes out that has a king, we'd love to see that movie. And if we have no king, we make kings. Okay? We have the king. Okay? <laughs> Elvis Presley is the king. And there's also King James, all right? This is how it looks like when he plays for Hinebra. Okay? <laughs> Let me tell you one thing. Your heart is 
yearning for a king. Your heart is yearning for a champion, a benevolent king, a loving king who treats his subjects as his children, putting forward his, their, their best intentions, their best interests in mind. Revelation 19 verse 10, some things that we hope for. Then I saw heaven opened and behold a white horse. And on, sitting on it is called faithful and true, that's Jesus. And in righteousness he judges and makes war. Jesus will come as king. He will be king, king of kings. He will be the one true sovereign and all thrones will fall before his throne. Second, he will come as a judge. He will judge the living and the dead. And Christians need to, take, uh, to, to have relief in the fact that ultimately nobody gets away with anything. But for, for Christians who are now his very own, there will be no judgment. What will be waiting for us is a warm embrace saying, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. That's hope. Lastly, Jesus will do away with sin and all its effects. We'll end our time together with this. Revelation 21 verses 1 to 5. The sea was no more. When you say this, the sea will not be no more. When, when, when the sea, when you tell the Jews the sea, they think the Mediterranean Sea and the Sea of Galilee, it's very fickle. It destroys industries. It destroys lives. The sea, that trouble, that anxiety, there'll be no more. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, a physical place. Heaven will come down rather than us going to heaven playing guitar for all eternity. Heaven's going to come down. He will wipe every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Now this is hope. Amen. This is something that we are able to look forward to. When we reach this time, it's like it's pain, suffering, and death will be a distant memory. It's prob- uh, probably a dream that you, you, you share with me. I have dreamed so many times that a loved one died. Have you ever, ever had that dream? Hey? A loved one died, and I, I told my wife this, and to, to illustrate this to you, um, I, I, dream, I dreamt that something happened to her and when, when I woke up, I was palpitating and I looked at her. Panaginip lang. It's all but a dream. When this comes, all sad things will become untrue. Sin, pain, suffering, hell, death, they will just be like a bad dream. And that's hope for us, amen? Whatever is happening in our lives, there is, come on, give the Lord a hand. Storms will be coming, but as long as we understand what, why we believe what we believe, as long as we have this hope that there is a good king and everything will be all right when he returns, we'll be able to persevere through, through life storms. Second Corinthians 4 says, your life is like a jar of clay. talks about fragility. That jar of clay is meant to be broken. And when that breaks, a watching world will see what you really value. I pray that even right now that you would value Jesus and his gospel and the hope that he brings. Right? We hope you were inspired by that message. Listen to more podcasts from our website at www.victoryalabang.org and in the Victory Alabang app. Thank you and stay connected.